Hallelujah. 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 If our children are going to make it, it's because he's a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If your body is going to be healed, it's because he's a great God. If you're going to be encouraged and not discouraged, it's because he is a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ought to give him some praise. You ought to give him some glory. You ought to open your mouth and give God some praise. He's a great God. He's a magnificent God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible said everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to thank that far in my life. Back in my life and right now in my life to give God some glory. Give him some praise. Praise changes the atmosphere. Praise changes our situation. Praise changes where we are positionally in God. Hallelujah. 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 Isaiah was in the temple and the angels cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. They saw something that we need to see. We need to see his glory. God is in his temple. He is in his house. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You should not leave here the same way that you came in. Because God is in here. We need to have an intimacy with God. We need to have an interaction with God. We need to have an intimacy with God. Don't you leave out of here like you came in here. If you leave out of here like you came in here, it's your own fault. It's your own fault. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you.
Ain't that a blessing? That young man said, I give it all to you. Maybe that might keep him off the street corner. He said, I give it all to you. When the drug dealer come to him and say, look, man, you can make this type of money. He'll look to God and say, I give it all to you. Hallelujah. 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 Plant the seed right now in their lives. Planting the seed right now in their lives. Amen. I haven't forgotten the days when I grew up in church. I haven't forgotten about that. That seed was already planted. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Amen. Oh, thank you, Father. And I know I don't want to leave you, Father. We're going to be also in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse number eight. When you get it, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. My Lord, my God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, yes, he is a great God. The Bible says, Paul writing to, the, to his son Timothy, his son in the gospel. It's always good to have a father and mentor figure in the gospel. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. He says, For bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 4. Are you there? Amen. Amen. Peter writes and he says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, that which does not decay, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1. 2 Peter, the second epistle of Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that the that uh, great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of what the divine nature having done what escape the corruption or the decay that is in the world through lust. The title of our message is The Inner Me, Part 2. The Inner 
me. Part two. Not the enemy, but the inner me, the inner self, the inner life, the inner reality of who I am. How many of us know that we have an outward appearance, but we have an inner reality of who we are. There are things that make us who we are. God said in Genesis chapter number one at verse 26, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness or according. The word after means according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1 states, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And then verse number 28 says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. It's good to see you this morning, Brother David. Amen. Good to see you. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see uh, Sister Mindy's mother here this morning. Amen. Sister Yolanda's mate. Amen. Sister Brian, good to see you. God bless you. God bless right. So God said, I'm going to create man. But this is what I want him to look like. I want him to look like me. He's not talking about hands and fingers and feet and toes and your appearance and all of that kind of thing. Because Jesus told the woman at the well when she started talking about where they should worship. Jesus said that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth follow me now after Jesus's crucifixion when the disciples were in the in the room they were afraid of the Romans that they would come and take them because Jesus their leader they thought was gone but Jesus said I'm going to be crucified I'm going to be buried but on the third day I'm going to rise again but there is always something in us in our humanity that even though God said it there is always something in us that will say hmm I wonder I wonder I wonder I wonder if it's really going to happen. I wonder if he's really going to get up out of the grave. Amen. And when Jesus appeared in the room to his disciples, uh, uh, Thomas said, you know, let me, let me touch you. I won't believe unless I touch your side, unless I touch your hands. Jesus said, touch me because a spirit does not have flesh and bones like I have. So God was not saying when he said that I'm going to create man in my image, he was not talking about this outward appearance because one day we're going to put this thing off. But when he was talking about making man in his own image, he was talking about his characteristics. He was talking about his personality. He was talking about who he is, who he is ought to be in us. Did you hear what I said? God didn't just give us his spirit so that we can speak in tongues. God didn't just give us his spirit so that we can walk around and be happy. God did not just give us his spirit so that we can feel goose pimples and all that kind of thing. But God gave us his spirit so he could take of himself and put it in us. The Bible said that after God created man and, and formed him and pressed him together. The Bible said that God breathed into man the breath of life. And the Bible said that then man became a living soul. 
Why can't some people function in God? Why can't some people grow in God? Why can't some people even start out in God? Because they don't have God in them. You can't expect a man that doesn't have God to act like God. You can't expect a woman that does not have God residing in their spirit to act like God. The same thing. Let me tell you something. In the book of Genesis, God laid down a mandate. God laid down a pattern. God laid down a precedence that this is how the thing is supposed to operate. Now, when Adam sinned, he lost all of that. The Bible said that in the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. How many know that Adam lived years after that? So there was something inside of Adam that died when he had disobeyed God. And every time we disobey God, there is something inside of us that dies. Say, so you shall surely die. Adam became something other than what God had created him to be. So when Jesus over in the New Testament tells Nicodemus that you must be born again, that you must be born from the beginning, what is he saying? He's saying that you must be born just like Adam was brought into the world by God. He wasn't brought through the womb of a woman, but God implanted him in the earth. With that same righteousness, with that same holiness. Are y'all with me? But let me tell you something. Sometimes people expect for a man to look like God. Sometimes people expect for a man to do like God. Sometimes people expect for a man to stand up and be like God. But let me tell you something. God said he created male and female in his image. Nobody is off the hook. You ought to look like God just like your husband ought to look like God. You ought to look like God just like your brother, just like your sister, just like your auntie, just like your uncle, just like your grandmama, just like your granddaddy. Everybody ought to look like God if they say they are in God. And I can't say that I'm in God unless he is in me. God have mercy. Let me read you this verse. Listen, it's the same verse that we just read. It's 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. But I'm going to give you a, 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 the de- definition of each word as I read it. He says, according as his divine power had given unto us Christians yes. all things that pertain unto life and godliness. A godly life. When we say that we are in Christ, we are saying that we are one that lives a godly life. To live any other kind of way is a contradiction and an insult to the holiness of God. Through the knowledge of him. What does that mean? That means that just go around and get a head full of knowledge. No, it means intimate experience with God. When the Bible talks about a man knowing a woman, it was talking about intimacy. How many of you know what intimacy with God really is? It's when you shut yourself into your prayer closet with God. It's when you get down on your face with God and there is an interaction between you and God. Nothing about me will change until I get into that place of intimacy with God and allow him to touch my spirit, allow him to touch my soul. Until I get into that quiet place with God and spend time alone with him, nothing will change. But when I get in his presence, I start to looking more like him because I don't just have a handful of knowledge, but I have an experience with God. It's not enough to walk around the church. Somebody, I know first 
1 Corinthians 5, 17. I, I know Romans 8 and 12. I know all these things. But the, 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 what God is talking about when he's talking about knowing, he's talking about an intimate yes, experience. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God, my God. Praise God for you, Pastor. Oh, I thank you. An intimate experience of him that had called us to glory, which means praise and honor. What about our life that brings glory, praise, and honor to God? That's the kind of people that God is looking for, people that will bring Praise, glory, and honor to him. Talk about who I am and what I do and what I've got and how many degrees I have and all that kind of thing. And it's not only talk, but it's in our behavior. God wants a people whose behavior will bring glory, honor, and praise unto him. Unto praise and glory and virtue. Virtue means uprightness, moral goodness. It's a sad thing if anybody in the church of Jesus Christ today should be an unprincipled person. Come on. We all should be people that will draw the line. We all ought to be people that will stand up for righteousness. We all ought to be people that will stand up for Jesus that will call wrong, yes, wrong, right, right, bitter, bitter, and sweet, sweet. The Bible said the day will come when they will put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We live in a day of mixing and, and diluting and all this kind of thing. But let me tell you something. The same expectations that God had for every woman in this room, the same expectation that God had for every man in this room, is the beginning is the same expectation he has right now. We always talk about how much we're expecting when we go to church. We're expecting to see a miracle. We're expecting something from God. Well, let me give you a little news, a little FYI. God is expecting something from you. Talking about, oh, well, I'm expecting God to do this. I'm expecting God to do that. God is expecting for you to do some things, too, and not do some things. Glory to God. He's expecting something from us. Let me tell you something. There's a day coming where we will have to answer to God for everything that we've done and everything that we said, whether it be in the pew or whether it be leadership. Everybody. Everybody's going to have to give an account. If you did somebody wrong, you got to give account of that. Well, every time you didn't act like God, you have to give account for that. Every time. Even when you thought nobody was looking. Every time, every time, every time. He said, whereby are given unto us the Christian, exceeding great and precious promises, which means very costly promises. Don't we realize that every promise in this book cost Jesus his life? Every promise in this book cost Jesus his life. We play around with the promises of God like they're nothing. They're a serious thing because they cost Jesus his life. Not only that, but the promises of God are conditional. We expect for God to do certain things. He expects for us to do certain things because it's all conditional. You'll have this when you do that. I'm sorry. If you don't do it, you won't have it. Come on. My Lord, my God. Amen. Amen. Can't do wrong and expect for God to bless you. I know that's right. Promises are are things of self-committal, of conferring some good. Don't you realize that God... He, he of himself committed himself to his word. He said, I place my word above my own name. He said, I am not a man that I should lie. Everything that God promised us, he's going to do it when we do what he asks us to do. 
That we might be partakers. Did you hear that? That we might be partakers. We want his blessings, but do we want his character? Because to get his character, we must do like he says do. To get his character means to die to me. To get his character means to walk the way he wants me to walk, whether people have their opinion towards me or against me. Whether they're for me or against me, I still have to walk according to the word. What if God changed like we do? Huh? Get around certain people, we just we start to bend a little bit. Get around the other person, we start to compromise a little bit. What if God acted like we do? We wouldn't make it. He said, companion. How many of us are companion with God when it comes to his holiness? How many of us are yoked up with God and look just like God in holiness? There ought to be a righteousness that's coming from our lives. There ought to be a glory that's coming from our lives. Jesus said that they might see your good works. Huh? Not talk about it, not just talk about it, but they need to see something. Those that don't know God need to see something. Even those outside the church know that there should be a difference between those outside the church and those inside the church. Of the divine nature. God is looking to implant something within us that is just natural. Did you hear what I said? It's, it's not something that we have to try to. It's not like we come we come to Sunday and all of a sudden we got to look like we're Christian. We got to dress like we're Christian and all that kind of thing. But it's something that's, that's natural as breathing. It's something as natural as breathing. Hallelujah. An inherent nature. The underlying constitution of someone. That's what we're talking about when we talk about a nature. We're talking about the underlying constitution of someone. It's not what you say, it's what's in here. We're talking about someone or a species. It means to bring forth or to produce. Having escaped or flee away or break, breaking away from a previous situation. That's what it means, it said to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. How many, how many know that the world is spinning out of control? I'm talking about this world system is spinning out of control in every quadrant of this society, in every aspect of this society. It is spinning out of control and the world is the way it is because people have not allowed God to take whatever it is he needs to take out of them. That's it. If you want to break away, you got to break clean away from a previous situation. The corruption, the corruption means decay or rottenness or decomposition. Decomposition after a person has been dead for so many days, their body begins to break down. And then what happens? It begins to stink. Let me tell you something. There, there, the moral fabric of our society has begun to break down. And there are a lot of situations in this world that stink, that are rotten. There are a lot of situations in this world that wouldn't be the way they are if people would just allow God to work in them. Not just come to church and talk about hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And it's good to raise your hand. Let me tell you something. But that's not all it is. Oh, I went to church this Sunday. I went to church. I went to serve the Lord this Sunday. God is looking for more than that. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. The Bible says, God said, they draw near to me 
with their mouth, with their lips. They know, they know how to talk. They know the right Christian thing to say. They know how to sound like they say and all that kind of thing. They draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They have not allowed me to work on the inside. I'm sorry, I'm not a preacher that's going to try to make you feel good and try to make you jump and dance and all that kind of stuff. I'm the kind of realist. I'm the kind of preacher that's going to tell you the truth. Because for too long, people have been allowed to skirt by in church because of everything we preach on everything and touch on everything around the heart, but we never get to the heart of the matter. Come on. Most, if not all, of the damage that has been done or is being done in the church, we can find the origin of it in the dispositional composition of people. That's right. The dispositional composition of people. How a person is, how they're made up, all those kinds of things. Because let me tell you, whatever is in us will spill out on everybody else. Yes. 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 Amen. Huh? I should come into this church and find sweetness and find people that love Jesus and love me no matter how I look, no matter how I smell, no matter where I've been. I should be able to come in here and find people that love me. Our society is too external. Huh? If you look right, I'll embrace you. If you don't stink, I'll embrace you. But let me tell you something. Jesus rubs shoulders with everybody, even the sinners. Huh? Jesus didn't separate himself from anybody. He, he socialized with the sinner, with the wine dibblers, those that were gambling, those that were on the corner, those that nobody else didn't want. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He did it to such a degree to where they called Jesus a wine bibber. Huh? Someone was afraid to embrace the man, the woman that nobody else wants. Why? Because we don't want people to talk about us. Huh? Let them talk. Let them talk. Church ought to be different. But a lot of times the people that get hurt the most get hurt right in the church. Right inside the church. Shame on us. Shame on us. We ought to be healing. We ought to be about loving. We ought to be about embracing. We ought to be about restoring and all that kind of thing. We ought not to be about judging people and telling them all about their sin cause. Cause why? Cause we have some too. In other words, we can find the culprit of demise, disunity, dissatisfaction, or contention fighting one another upon the conclusion of the Holy Ghost investigation, the findings would be that it is an internal issue. Come on. The reason why things are the way are right now in the world because of an internal issue. The Holy Ghost investigation could stretch well beyond the walls of the church. It could go on into the workplace, into the marketplace, into the home. The cause of the breakup of many marriages is internal. Yes, sir. The breakup of relationships, friendships, relationship Come is on. internal. Yes, sir. Poor parent and child relationship. Ooh. Why is that way? Because it's something that is yes, internal. Yes, sir. We can't be all that we need to be to our children yes. until we're all that we need to be yes. in ourselves. Yes. Huh? Amen. Amen. 
Walking around here still got issues and things that have not been dealt with. And that's not saying that nobody uh, should be ashamed of their issues, but let me tell you something. We need to address it. Everybody has something. It's not having the issue. It's what you're doing with the issue. I've got this sin in my life. I can't seem to let go. What are you doing with it? We can't blame God because Peter said his divine power has given unto us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. God has given us everything we need to live this life and to live this life for him. God have mercy. Are y'all still with me? But most of all, the reason for the lack of church attendance and poor perception of God in the eyes of those who are outside of the church in, in a day when much, if not all, of society is visual. Come on. That's why people run so many commercials. They pay millions of dollars doing the Super Bowl to run a commercial. Why? Because they know that people are visual. Yes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yes. Somebody should have said amen. amen. It is imperative. In other words... It is a must that we be made to know that whatever is in us will spill out on everybody else yes. who is around us. Some people should not get married until they get healed. Come on. Come on. Just getting married because they think it's a good idea and all that kind of thing. Huh? Some people need to stay out of somebody else's life before until they get healed. Yes, sir. Let me give you some advice, but you're not taking your own advice. You're not dealing with your own self. Come on. Glory to God. Yes. Gotta go around and help everybody else and you still bleeding. You need somebody to stitch you up. Huh? Isn't that right? That's right. Amen. Huh? And anything that's not dealt with, how many know that it might get a scab, but then it might get infected. If you don't deal with what's in you, I'm talking about those areas that may go all the way back to childhood where somebody touched you that shouldn't have touched you in the wrong way and all that kind of thing. I'm talking about an uncle, an auntie, anybody. Let me tell you some all kind of situations going on in our lives that we have never told anybody nothing about. Those things have to be dealt with. God doesn't want you to just walk around Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, Monday and Friday and Wednesday and all that. And with the same thing that you've been walking around with for the last 40 years. Amen. It's no shame in anybody because all of us have something that needs to be dealt with. I'm not talking about on the outside, but I'm talking about deep down in our hearts. There are hurts that we never let go. There are situations that somebody did us wrong that we never let go. Are y'all tired of me preaching? Y'all tired? Huh? Isn't that right? Let me tell you something. Some people can't have a healthy relationship because they're not healthy. Come on. Come on. How can you have a healthy relationship and you're not healthy yourself? Huh? How can you have a healthy marriage and you're not healthy yourself? I'm not telling anybody to get a divorce now. Hold up now. But how can, how can we minister to our children and be all that we need to be to our children if we're not whole ourselves? We messed up the children, mister. Everybody messed up. Huh? Something's wrong. What help us? It's imperative. We must know. That whatever is in us will spill out on everybody else. Why are some churches in such turmoil? Why are some churches about to close? Why are some churches at each other, at each other's throat and all that kind of thing? Because it's something inside of them that they've never dealt with. They're used to pointing the finger at somebody else. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. But we need to take that same finger and point it back this way at our own self. Oh, yeah. Huh? 
trying to fix everybody else. That's right there. Thank you, Father. We need to fix ourselves. Then when everybody, let me tell you something. When everybody let God go deep down into the inner recesses of their heart and fix them, there will be a bunch of people that's healthy. Praising God and serving God. Lord have mercy. There, there, there are some people in corporate America that should not be a manager, should not be a boss over nobody. Nobody. They're not ready for that because they have never been healed. Especially some church folk. There are some leaders in church that need to sit down. There are some leaders in church that need to say, look, I, I, do. I think I'm going to take some time and I'm going to deal with what needs to be dealt with in my life because I see that what is in me is influencing everybody else in the wrong way. Yes, sir. Amen. I'm a Christian and you can't even look like God because you haven't been healed. Haven't allowed him to deal with those things. The book of Hebrews says, in chapter 12, verse 15, and I'm almost closed. The writer says, looking diligently, lest any man, woman, fail, which means to come late or be behind or come short or fall short or lack in the, in the, in the grace of God. Lest there be a root of bitterness springing up that produce and does what? Defiles many. Defiles many. There are some people that have been influenced by other people's pain. That's it. That's it. There are some people that have been influenced by somebody else's dissatisfaction. Oh, there are some people that have been influenced the wrong way oh, by somebody's, somebody else's, the way they see things. Yes, huh? Yes, it's because they didn't take that thing to God and allow God to deal with that thing. Yes. Say, Lord, fix me. Amen. Fix me. But instead, they let it fester and they let it stay there and they let it start stinking and they let it get infected. And whatever's infected, if you get around it, it's going to infect you. That's right. That's right. That's why he said, look, look, check it out. Check it. Check yourself out and see if there be a root of bitterness. These are things that, that go deep into the heart. I'm not talking about just surface things. You wonder why people act the way they act and do the things they do. Why? Why? They're supposed to be Christian. They're supposed to be Christian. Come on. They said they love Jesus. They said they love Jesus. Come on. But look, look, look at what they're doing. Look at their actions. God said he called us first of all into virtue. Not a moral excellence. We ought to be all right here. Yes. But yet, look at what they're doing. Why? Because what they're doing is a result yeah. of what's in them. That's right. Because it's a root thing. Let me tell you root things are not easy to get rid of. I know that's right. Root things go all the way down. It's not something that you can just pray a prayer and talk about not living down and sleep. I pray the Lord my soul. Those are things that you need to fast. You need to pray. Oh, that's all right. You know, that's no. what God understands. No. 
flesh and blood. Lord, you got to show us a man. You better cut it out. Come on. You better cut it out. Lord knows what he's what he said. He expects of you also. Come on. Huh? There's no excuse because he's given us everything we need to live the way he's asked us to live. Oh, yeah. You know why people make excuses? Can I tell you why they make excuses is the truth? Because they like what they're doing. Come on, come on. Add to it. Add to it. 
Faith is not an end all of itself. But the Bible says, add to your faith. Faith is a springboard. You ought to add virtue and the virtue, knowledge and the knowledge, temperance. You ought to be growing in all these areas. I ought to be growing in all of these areas. You need to tell me we've been in the church, but yet we have not grown in any of these areas. Come on. The reason why other things keep spilling out of us is because we never got that thing taken care of and got virtue built into us. Virtue is a built-in thing. It's an internal thing. It's an internal thing. God is trying to get us right in my clothing on the inside. On the inside. There's things about us that nobody else don't know but God God wants us to address those things. Why? Because some people think it's just because they're in the church they're going to help one day when I die, I'm going to heaven. And all that kind of thing. But Peter said, if you do these things, number one, you will not fall. I know that's right. Huh? And then there will be a door that is made for you into heaven. God's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that has made herself ready. And that making ready is not talking about a woman on a wedding day talking about putting on makeup and lipstick and all that kind of thing. Making ready is talking about a purified heart. The Bible says those that are pure in heart, they shall see the Lord. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. If we have not had those things built into us, we don't need to look forward to going to heaven. Because God is not going to take any dirty vessels to heaven. No, he is not. No, he's not. No, he's not. But he's looking for people that have made herself ready yes. for him. Yes. So let me say this in my closing. Jesus is the standard. He's the standard. We don't need to measure ourselves by her, by him, by her, 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 her. We need to measure ourselves by Jesus. I'm talking about, well, I'm not as bad as what they are. But are you anything like Jesus? Well, I'm being as bad as they are, but are you anything like Jesus? Come on. When people are around you, can they leave you and say, I feel closer to Jesus? Come on. I feel like I know more about Jesus. And I didn't even read my Bible, but I read your life. Oh, yeah. Huh? We're not going to have a Bible around all the time, but somebody is always reading our life. Reading our life. Hallelujah. God bless you, Pastor. Church, the door of the church is open. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel good about you, man. Hallelujah. Keep working on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, my God. It's a real thing, folks. Yes, it is. Because let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's not about giving the preacher your hand. No, sir. It's not about just going to church. No, sir. It's not about just going to church. It's not about just giving the preacher your hand. It's not about getting on a church roll or anything like that. But it's about that intimate experience with him that is, listen, that is continuously changing me. That intimate experience. When Moses was on the, on the mountain with God and Moses went into the presence. Just listen a couple more minutes. When, when Moses went into the presence of God, the Bible said that Moses came out and his face was raining. Come on. Said the people couldn't even look at him. Come on. But Paul said that same veil that they put over Moses' face. It's over our faces. Yes. He's taking away in the gospel. Yes. God wants us to know that he wants to fix us. Yes. He wants to straighten us out. I'm not saying that we're all terrible people, Come but on. we all have something, something in us that needs to be taken out. So let me tell you something. Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. It's not promised. Folks, God is watching everything that we do. Yes, he is. He's watching everything that we do. Yes, he is. He's listening to everything we say. Yes, he is. And we are accountable to him. Yes. Don't cut off your blessings. I know that's right. Because we won't look at ourselves. Because we won't deal with areas 
that God wants us to deal with. Don't cut off your blessings. And the biggest blessings, blessing is his presence. Yeah. Don't separate yourself from God. Thank you, Father. Yeah. When Isaiah was in the temple, Isaiah said, I, you know, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But how did Isaiah know that? Because he saw the Lord. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. He looked at God. And when he looked at God, he looked at himself. Yes. When Thank I see God, God doesn't give us a revelation of himself for us to go and point fingers at somebody Thank else. God gives us a revelation yes. of himself to let us know yes. that this is what we yes. should look like. Yes. Lord Jesus. And to show us who we really are. Because when Lord we are in when we get this breath, we need to measure ourselves. We need to look at ourselves. We can't hang around somebody else and see ourselves. But when we're in the presence of God, we can see what we really should look like. He said, woe is me because I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a, a people of unclean lips. The Bible says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then the angel went to the, yes, went to the altar, took a burning coal, and touched his lips. And he, the angel told him, now your sins have been forgiven. Now your iniquity has been cleansed. Listen, only in God's presence can we be made right. Only in God's presence can we become all that he wants us to do. So I'm challenging all of us this week to get into your prayer place with God. Get into your secret closet with God. Get down on your face before God. And say, God, show me you, but more than that, show me me. Show me me. Hallelujah. You come by letter, Christian experience, candidate for baptism. You need prayer. Come to this altar. We're willing to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me some more. Father, you are, you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities, Lord. 
I pray, Lord God, that you would lift the heaviness out of our heart yes. and out of this family's heart. Yes. Lord, we know, Father, that you are a healer. Not only that you heal bodies, but you heal hearts. You heal minds. Lord. You heal emotions. Lord, there's only so much that we can do as human beings, Lord God. But you can go down deep into the recesses of their heart, Father. Hallelujah. 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 H
of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say we rebuke you. We rebuke every lie. We rebuke every lie that comes out of your mouth. You are the Father. You decide to speak your native language. But Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you said, Lord, that you know the plans that you have for our life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do it 